0: Welcome to Bite Size Dental Marketing. Today I have Callie Ward. Callie's with Dash Dental Consulting and she's been in dental for over 30 years. 30 years and you raised an amazing family, Callie. Congratulations. Balancing that work and business is incredibly hard. Um, and you are getting your master's degree while your kids are in school, equally hard. My wife is currently trying to get a, a nurse practitioners while our kids are in school. So I, I know how hard it is and, and the testament. And I think that. The journey that at least I know of you on via Support DDS and and how much you've helped us and, and, you know, helping some of our friends. And I know you have a consulting company as well. So, I mean, you sound like you always have a lot of irons in the fire, but I would love to hear about your journey from when you got started in dentistry to today.
1: I kind of fell into the dental industry. I originally was a flight attendant. That was going to be my life. And then I just realized I wanted to be home more often than I was. And dentistry has just filled a niche in my life of helping people and people who are passionate about helping other people. And that really feels good in my heart, um, which is also what drew me to support DDS, is the fact that we're making the world a better place. We're helping people find great team members, we're helping the team members, and then we're helping the world. So I think my focus really is people and relationships And I like to do things a little bit differently in the sense of I'm not really a know-it-all. I have a lot of experience, but I like to ask questions to find out what solutions they already know, because that's where we see things really stick and feel like it's my idea instead of somebody else's. Right? So they're able to buy in and make things happen because change isn't easy. And that's what consulting is. That's what hiring a new team member, we really have to be willing to experiment and be willing to try something new. And that's not always comfortable. I love the challenge. I always like to be like the irons in the fire. I always want to be growing and changing. I think that's what makes me tick. It's, It's being willing to try something different.
0: Now, in the 30 years you've been in dental, what has been the biggest shift in dental that you've seen?
1: Well... Considering that I started back in dentistry in the early nineties and that we scheduled with a paper book nice, and I was the technology guru, which I would not uh-huh. say that I am now, but I was the one that was getting us automated onto a software it was, it's probably the biggest change, but I think when ultimately it's the same, right? It's, it's the same problems for our patients. It's the same problems for the dental practices. Um, We all find different solutions, but I think we've got new opportunities. So, Mm -hmm. you know, chat GPT and and artificial intelligence blows my mind of those things that we can automate now. And I think, heck, yeah, why not automate the things that we can automate? But what you can't replace is this. And there's a lot of people who are not really skilled or as intentional as they could be with patient relationships and with their relationships with their team. Because if we don't feel good at the end of the day and it's not repeatable, we're not going to communicate that to our patients. And that's bottom line, you know, in a dental practice that we see floundering a lot, it's not their dentistry that's bad. It's not that their technology is not where it needs to be. Oftentimes it's that they don't know how to connect with their team and their team isn't feeling great at the end of the day. And that's where we see those gaps of, satisfaction. And it, it's not all, it's not all work-life balance. I mean, sometimes mm-hmm. we've got to work mm-hmm. really, really hard to have any kind of a balance, but it's knowing how much to ask of somebody. If it was me, would I be willing to ask that of, of them, right? So it's it's that, that leadership piece and communication and relationships that's really what at the end of the day, we, we have, all have to own what our role is.
0: Now I have a question for you as you talked about that cuz I agree. I think some of the clinically best dentists have some of the biggest operational problems and they're struggling sometimes for new patients because they're not their patients aren't leaving as excited as they should be. Right. I think some very clinically average dentists are killing it because they're such a a huge personality and you know they fill the room and mm-hmm. they find a way to be interested in the patients not interesting to the patients and you know I mean, there's all sorts of of, of complexities around it do you think the perception that a prospective patient has increased of dental or has it sort of stayed flat as has technology made us feel that we're getting a better dental product as consumers gosh
1: that's an interesting question and I would say for the for the techies who are the patients, yes.
0: Mm-hmm. For the patients, mm-hmm.
1: the majority of the patients, probably not. It's how we make them feel. It's, yeah. you know, I, I don't know if my dentist can do a great contact on my crown. Like, I, I mm-hmm. don't know. But how did I make them feel? Did I did I see them? And, it, it, and really, the goal of dentistry is, like, as a consultant, my goal isn't to come in there and say, you need to diagnose more treatment. Because I wouldn't appreciate that if it were me if I didn't need it, right? Like, there's always right. that... There's a there's a foundation of what's appropriate, but I do want to know that that patient is being diagnosed the best care first, and that they're not diagnosing my wallet first, right? That's Mm -hmm, one. mm -hmm. And number two is how much treatment is sitting in that treatment plan for their office that nobody's ever moved forward unless that tooth broke or they were in pain because they didn't feel safe and trust and, and and have that relationship with their dentist. We always say new patients which you're in marketing, so yes we do need new patients, but what are we doing with those new patients and with our existing patients? So how what is our case acceptance? Do we need to dial up the notch? Where are our strengths and where are our opportunities? And it's not it's not a one size fits all. It's you know what's the goal of the practice? What's the vision of the leader? What does success look like to them? And maybe it's a healthy new patient flow, but also a, a reactivation of the patients that we have, and really getting them to say yes to treatment we already diagnosed. Because ultimately, if they don't say yes, we're not taking great care of our patients because they're not getting their treatment done.
0: We have seen offices buy cone beams. We have seen them invest in Interos. We have seen them offer Invisalign and other clear liners, we have seen them say, we're going to do implants. And if they don't have that connection with the patients, that it doesn't matter. You can't sell, if you can't sell bread and butter dentistry, you certainly cannot sell implants. You certainly cannot sell Invisalign. And the number of people who come in to a practice from just a pure marketing analytics saying, I want an implant in number four and a crown on... (laughs) two and three are, are, are zero. They come in saying, I'm unhappy with my smile. What can I do? Right. You know, I'm not chewing right or some, some form of some form of a problem statement. And they're putting it in the trust of the provider to guide them down the right path. Right. And I don't care that you have an Atero if I don't know what it means for me. And I think if you just said, oh, it's a thing and I don't have goop. I'm like, well, I, I, I that's great, but I need I want, I want an outcome. I don't want a technology prov- uh, solution. And I think right. that's where that connection matters.
1: Right. Well, and there's, there's a lot of perception of patients to Dennis of, Oh, I'm going to pay for your new car or, uh-huh. Oh, uh-huh. I'm the one paying for your vacation that you're post like those are fine lines. Right. And so we want to, we want to know that our office is clean. Like I really recommend when, when I come into a, a consulting position, I'm walking through the office as a new patient and I'm looking at, is there dust in the and gross stuff in the corner of the thing? When was the last time that they painted the walls? Are there big divots in the wall? Like I'm looking at all of those things and everything that we do is marketing. Absolutely everything that we do, every interaction is marketing on top of the marketing. So they may be spending thousands of dollars getting the right amount of new patient flow But if they're not retaining those patients, it makes no sense. And so what can we do to further that dollar? And that would be how do we how do we build relationships with our team so that we're not going through team because that's also perceived by patients in a poor, poor fashion. And how am I taking great care of my patients? And if I am able to spend a few minutes with that patient and I know them as a human being and not only I'm not just asking them, what did you do for the weekend or what do you like to do? I don't, they need to know something about me as the provider. We have to, we have to even that table so that we're, we're friends. And mm-hmm. guess what? When when we're in a relationship with the patient, they show up because they know that I'm expecting them, right? There's That's an right. accountability limit. They pay their bills because guess what? I'm in a relationship with them. They understand that it makes it much more personal. And the goal is that for them to be our, our fan for them to be recommending their mm-hmm. family and friends to us—that's that's what we need.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I think that too much emphasis by too many dentists is put on technology and other mechanisms, and you really need to be focused on a connection. Even it's dentists, I say, I want eighty new patients, and I run three hygienists. And I want eighty new patients. Gosh, three hygiene checks and that many new patients—no wonder. <laughs> No wonder your treatment accepted is trash. Like I think sometimes to speed up, you need to slow down.
1: There's, there's a lot of truth to that. And there's, you know, there's every model that I've seen be successful. I've seen heavy, heavy PPO be successful. I've seen mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Them dropping all the PPOs and being independent. It goes back to what kind of a life do you want to live? And what kind of a life do you want to live in the office? So speaking to that point, that's a lot of new patients. Do you have time in your schedule? Do you have time? you know, like, do you have enough hygienists to fulfill that? Because you're going to lose patients if I can't get somebody in. And do you want a perio percentage or do you just want a new patient flow? Like all those things have to come into play. We have to look at mm-hmm. what the big t- picture is and we have to kind of work backwards. We have to know what's your end game. How do you want to get there? What do you want your life to be like in between the time? And then what do we need to do to make sure that works? And, we can't give you one solution it's little little things and i'm asking you to be willing to experiment so you have to be willing to be coached it's it's not it's not the athlete hiring a trainer and then telling the trainer i'm not doing that but that's what happens oftentimes is i just want you to fix my team well buddy what what role do you play in your team like that's not the solution it's we (laughs) all have to be accountable we all have to be willing to try something different. And um, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And so it's not a hard, fast rule. I'm not going to say we can't do this because you weren't willing to do do X, Y, and Z. It's just being introspective and listening to that.
0: When you approach an office, and I think you nailed it on the accountability and on on being willing to try new things. One of the things that makes us run from clients is when they talk about how amazing they are as dentists, but their staff are, you know, terrible. Like that that chills me to my bones. Well, then why in the world have you not turned them over to find people that you respect and and trust, you know? Right. What do you find are the common challenges that you face and that Dash Dental Consulting faces when you start to really dig into a practice? What are some of just the common mistakes and and missteps that you see?
1: Great opportunities usually present themselves really quickly. So I'm looking at what's our due patient flow. I'm looking at what's our unscheduled patient, you know, our recare, how many patients, what does our schedule look like? Do we have locks in our schedule? If not, are we having a really high production month and a really low production month? That's, you know, supply and demand and control of the schedule. Um, are we having afternoons where all we're doing is crown seats and post-op checks and zero yeah. production? Um, there's opportunities usually in accounts receivable. I mean, that's the last job on the front desk list, right? I don't want to make those phone calls because it's <laughs> not. No. But yet that's our bottom line, what motivates the practice. Like we have to collect the money. So where where are those opportunities? And so many times it's systems. So many times it's very small, little market changes that make a huge difference over time. If we look at scheduling and we add $50 an hour to the production of the dentist, that's over $75,000 on the average in a year. year. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. looking at those kind of things, where can we kind of refine what's already working well? We're going to leave those alone where do we have like one or two opportunities? And we're going to take one of those at a time because you can't change everything at one time. It's like when, when the doctor goes to a seminar and let's say they get fired up and they're fired up about sleep apnea or whatever it is. And they were the only one that attended and they come back and they want their team to be all on board, but they didn't hear any of the same information. They're not Uh in that same boat, nor are they motivated in the same way that the doctor is. So we have to take one small step and then build them up and get them to the same knowledge base as the doctor is. And then, what's the goal? Why are we doing this? What is the what's the end game with adding this into our schedule? And how do we do it? And then, what's working with it? Where do we need to come back to? Because every change that we make affects our day, and we we're usually good for about a week or two, and then boom, we're back to our old habits. So who who are we willing to let hold us accountable? having those clear expectations beforehand really set us up for that success. So it's a lot of communication.
0: If there's a client out there that wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way to reach out to you? I can, I can post, you know, your, your URL into the description here.
1: I love it. What
0: what what do you want to know about them to get started?
1: <laughs> Honestly, I'd love just to hop on a phone call with them to kind of hear and pick their brains of what's working well, where they see opportunities. Like that's, Number one, um, I'm easy to reach. You can reach me at dashdentalconsulting at gmail. Um, uh, it's my same website as dashdentalconsulting.com. Um, the dash, I'm really wanting to coach you to living in the dash, right? That we are born and we die and what we do in the middle is the dash. And that's what's important. And my dash is going to be different than somebody else's. And I want that customized for each practice of what, what makes you tick, what makes you happy, because I want everybody at the end of the day, the doctor, the hygienist, the assistant, and the patient to feel great at the end of the day. And is it repeatable? That's how we know it will reach in success. And so I'm, I'm available anytime. I always have my phone with me and they can grab, I've got a calendar link on my website that they can grab some time and no obligation just to, to visit and chat. I love to talk dentistry.
0: Callie, thank you so much for your time. And uh, this has been wonderful.
1: I appreciate it. Thank you. I, I love what you guys do. And I love that you have the passion behind it because that, that makes a difference that you take the time to get to know your clients and really give them reasonable um, advice.